0: Hello, this is the Fight Back Podcast, hosted by exercise scientist Georgia Vary. Here, you'll find a series of honest conversations about martial arts and mental health. My guests and I explore the statement that every martial artist has heard. Martial arts saved me. How and why do combat sports save people? Listen to find out. Hey there, conscious combat soul. What, You? Yes, I'm talking to you. If you listen to this podcast, then you are a human being who loves combat and wants to be conscious about the way that you're doing it. You're interested in being more trauma-informed, more inclusive and more ethical in the way that you teach and participate in martial arts and combat sports. And that's why I would like to invite you specifically to join our new group, the Conscious Combat Club. We're on Facebook, And there's an emailing newsletter that you can sign up for, the details for both of which are in the show notes here. But now, let's get to today's episode.
1: Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today to kick off Trans Awareness Week. We're really excited to um, have a chat about how we can support and include trans and gender diverse martial artists in our spaces. I'd just like to begin our uh, live podcast today um, with an Acknowledgement of Country, Um, So I'd like to pay my respects to Elders past, present, any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who might be joining us today. And also just acknowledge that we're all all joining from different lands. So I'm on Wurundjeri country today um, and feel free to pop the lands that you might be joining from in the chat as well. Um, And I'll hand back over to Georgia.
0: Yeah, I will introduce myself very briefly first because I would love for the focus for today's panel discussion to be really on Penny and Pharrell. But my name is Georgia, I use she, her pronouns, and I run a trauma-informed kickboxing program. And a big part of that for me is making sure that we are looking after all people in our community. And for me, that really means all women. And that includes trans women and non-binary people. And so it's been something that's been really important to me is to start to learn more about how we can be better allies to trans and gender diverse people Um, and so the timing of this week is just beautiful and I feel very fortunate to have both Penny and Pharrell here so Penny perhaps if you could introduce yourself first
1: um, and then we'll turn to you Pharrell. Sure. Thanks, Georgia. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Penny McKay. I use she and they pronouns. Um, I work in uh, for Pride and Health, so I advise on best practice for inclusive healthcare service delivery. Um, I'm also a graduate of the Fight Back Project and an advocate for trauma-informed movement. Um, and I also support the diversity inclusion work of the Fight Back Project as well. So it's a real pleasure to be here in that capacity today and to learn um, with and from you all as well
2: and Pharrell oh okay well Penny's raised the bar so hi I was just going to introduce myself as Pharrell like share. <laughs> <laughs> here we go so I'm... <laughs> it started I've had my coffee now I'm ready to go so Yay. I'm Pharrell Shema uh, he him pronouns I'm a professional boxing and kickboxing coach so I focus on the stand-up for martial arts um, so I've been doing that for 12 years uh, transgender male so trans man proud and happy and uh, yeah, I've been doing it for advocacy work for quite some time now. I'm just trying to, like, Georgia and Penny, uh, just really advocate for the space and just raise awareness to support inclusivity in martial arts.
3: Amazing.
0: Thank you so much, both of you, for being here. Now for everybody live and listening at home to this podcast, we have had so many questions received um, around how we can be better allies to trans and gender diverse people in martial arts. We would love to start out with some definitions to really make the conversation flow a little bit more coherently. um, And then we're going to get into some of those questions. If we miss your question, we are sorry we're going to do our best to get through as much as we can but know that there is more to come so watch this space um, but I'd like to start out by asking what
1: do we mean by an ally awesome um, I'm happy to jump in yeah I guess um, an ally is just anyone that actively promotes um, inclusion so and it's a it's a verb it's a doing doing Word. Um, We want to, I guess, move away from passive inclusion and just including people with words. We want to look at ways that we can um, actively include people in spaces. Um, I think that there can be some kind of stigma around who can and can't be an ally but it can be anyone either inside or outside of the LGBTQ community. So um, for myself as a queer person, but also a cis woman, um, I'm an ally for trans and gender diverse people in all spaces. Um, and I want to try and demonstrate that through really intentional and conscious efforts to benefit trans and gender diverse people as well. Um, so, yeah, that's a bit of a summary. I love
3: that. And
0: when we say trans and gender diverse people, what do those terms mean? Or else? Pharrell.
2: Oh, I thought you were going back to Penny.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Say that again, go back to
0: that. sure, 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 Um, Can you give us a definition for what we mean by trans and what we mean by gender diverse?
2: I'll leave that one for Penny if that's all right because I know she does that one well. <laughs> Very articulate oh, with that, without saying there. Yeah.
1: This is a martial arts podcast, but actually it's now a game of tennis. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> trans and gender diverse just being I guess umbrella terms for people whose gender is different to what was presumed for them at birth so um I guess that that's a, a simple kind of way of um, also explaining that for people who might not know um, or who might sometimes can conf- get confused or conflate gender and sexuality um as well as, as being the same thing but you know of course we know that they're not Um, but that kind of terminology, you know, trans and gender diverse, we're also recognizing that um, gender is fluid. And um, even though some people may experience gender um, in a binary way, that's not true for everyone, of course. Um, And so we want to include, I guess, binary trans people. So um, women and men who are trans and also non-binary trans people as well, um, and sister girls and brother boys as well. Thank you, Penny. Uh,
0: I want to ask now, a bit more related to martial arts, but also generally, right? Why is it important to try and include people? That sounds like an obvious question perhaps, but what are some of the things we know in terms of the research about what happens when we do and when we don't include trans and gender diverse people in sport? And so for us, of course, we're talking about martial arts.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Take
1: it. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I just think it, it really shows up in terms of lived experience, so I'd love you to speak to
2: that, Pharrell, as well. So to be included, it's, as George was saying, is a bit of a, a funny question because no one should really have to um, bring that sub that topic up of why. But in uh, to break that one down, to be included just means I'm trying to find a, a good way to say this. So I, I generally would just basically say to someone, if I'm just speaking on my own behalf for a second, I don't want to have to ask, "Can I be included?" I would just like to go into a space and have the same acknowledgement, the same support as anyone else. Um, as I said previously on different podcasts, you know, if, a, if someone with crutches comes in, you open the door, you support them, you show, it, can mm-hmm. I help you? It shouldn't be any different from someone who has an injury, someone who's new, someone who's a little bit worried, um, to just mm-hmm. feel that inclusivity in the environment regardless. Obviously, we're speaking about gender on this one, so then the topic mm-hmm. would be related to that. The problem is no one actually knows when you walk through the door who you are or who you identify mm-hmm. as. So why should you treat them any different just because they look a little bit different without your, um, you know, assuming? Mm. So to be included is just to be treated like anyone else. The reason why that is so important is because not only it gains a sense of purpose within an environment because it is a very, it can be an intimidating environment, mm. but more so it's just for the person to grow themselves. You can't grow if the first thing you're thinking of is I'm fearing or someone's bullying me, especially within that space, which is to take away all the reasons of going to that space to begin with you know to gain self um self awareness to gain confidence to to promote mental health in a positive manner to not be inclusive in that manner will just on constantly deteriorate someone's mental health and well-being it will drain their confidence in fact they'll just go backwards to the point where going to a gym or a martial arts place will be the last area they want to be in and it could potentially cause more trauma and triggers within that space.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So many good points there, I think. Um, and it's just such a interesting question, because obviously, you know, um, trans and gender diverse people have been actively excluded from spaces for so long. And so therefore, you know, that's the reason we have to build those bridges to create that equity. But really, it's sort of, also raises the question of can trans and gender diverse people ever just be and show up to a space and like you know just participate without those barriers and obviously that's what we what we want to get towards um, but we also need to build those bridges now to make sure that that happens and we actively I guess combat that discrimination and stigma from the past as well um, but also just trying to I guess remove as many of those barriers as possible as allies um, to take that burden of um, the folks that are entering our spaces.
2: yeah, before we get
1: into oh sorry, go ahead, Farrell
2: no, 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 you go, you go. it's all good.
0: Um, I just wanted to say before we get into talking about some of the benefits um, for martial arts participation participation, wow, we're doing well on a Monday morning um, <laughs> I do want to touch very briefly on some of the statistics around what happens when we include versus what happens when we don't because I think a lot of folks are very unaware of those statistics. Um, So, yeah, I would love if you would share that with
1: everyone. Penny, I know you're across that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So uh, Pride and Sport have actually done um, some some work around this and just kind of, I guess, trying to look at the uptick, the positive impacts when people are included is often, you know, um, I think a better reflection, especially in a week like this and leading up to Trans Day of Remembrance as well. Um, but, you know, people's wellbeing um, increases by something like 70%. I don't have the exact statistics in front of me right now, and they are actively included. We also know that for young people if we're using their chosen name and their pronouns um, that uh, suicide attempts reduce by up to two-thirds I mean these are massively impactful actions that all of us can support um, either you know in our own spaces or just through conversations with people um, just through being in this conversation today and telling someone what you did at 9am on a Monday morning um, and knowing that those conversations are being had so the statistics are Really challenging, really hard to see, I guess, what the actual impact of uh, exclusion is. But then, conversely, also, that once we can, once we do those really simple things that everyone can do, um, just how excellent those outcomes can be and how much improvement can be seen.
0: Yes.
1: Um, And drawing on that improvement, right, we
0: have a question around how can martial arts benefit trans people, uh, both mentally and emotionally? Pharrell? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm going to have to need an intro every, every, every time. Um, what was the question again? Sorry. So how As have martial arts
0: benefited you mentally and emotionally?
2: It took away from what was going on at the time. So I was 18. So at that particular time, I was still not being approved for hormone therapy and surgery. And I was 120 kilos at the time. So martial arts just took away or the training aspect took away from what was going on at the time, because obviously it's a 24 seven ongoing mental and emotional battle that you are going through, especially when your life is in someone else's hands. So being able to train also, you know, apart from releasing the general stress um, and endorphins that you do when you when you start training. It allowed me to find a happy space, a happy place socially, be able to um, to speak to people because I didn't, I was always in my room on my own. So it was adapting to it, did a bit of a different life, but the benefits were just extremely through the roof, and to the point that I actually went from 120 kilos to 73 kilos. Um, obviously, within a couple of years, it wasn't that quick, but I didn't even realize I dropped the weight. I didn't realize the progression I had, and I didn't realize that my well being was improving so much that I did become a different person and obviously I you know it's a bit hard to keep track of yourself at that time but without that I probably don't know where I would be to be personally honest mm-hmm.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I want to take a, a brief break from this conversation and just to say as well, if any topics that come up as part of this conversation, there are a lot of really difficult things that might come up, especially around mental health. So um, as you're listening live, take care of yourself. And if you're listening to the recording, take care of yourself as well, whether that means pausing or jumping offline or, or doing whatever kind of self-care mm-hmm. grounding techniques um, really, really work for you. Um And, yeah, did you have
1: anything to add to that, Penny? Yeah, well, thank you so much for sharing. I mean, I think martial arts um, can just be so incredibly personal for everyone um, within the LGBTQ community, but particularly for trans and gender diverse people. It can just create a community space that um, is uplifting and supportive when that might not be possible in other places. Um, And obviously that's why this conversation exists and is so important. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that just within even what you were sharing then, Pharrell, it just seemed as if um, having martial arts was just a place where you could be and excel and, you know, be in touch with your body and feel your body, even at a time where that might have been a difficult process and a difficult period of time. Um, and, you know, that's always something that Georgia and I talk about as well. Like, you know, what does a grounded world look like? What does a world look like where people are able to move in a space where they feel safe and connected? Um, and so, you know, I think that that's provides an incredible um, emotional benefit. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, what are some of the very best and very worst things you've seen coaches do around LGBTQ plus inclusion?
2: Harrell. It's not funny. I'm just laughing because I'm like, oh God, there's that list. Um, (laughs) Let me get my notes now. Um, The worst things, well, (laughs) um, the worst things can be from obviously um, not using pronouns Now, obviously, when I was in martial arts, you know, no one would say, uh, no one used pronouns. It wouldn't be, it wasn't as visible as it is now. Uh, But for example, people just saying she all the time to me just for maybe because I had looked more feminine, which, okay, I I can understand the assuming, not that we could, you know, would like to accept that. But just using pronouns that, especially specifically after you've said, hey, could you say he, him instead of she, her? And they still are actively doing it. Or even that aside, if someone's saying, could you call me P instead of Pharrell? And they're actively still saying Pharrell without the acknowledgement of, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Um, Just actively mispronouncing things, doing things inappropriately in terms of the um, inclusive language. And more so, maybe relevant, irrelevant, but partnering with people. So I'm big on putting people at similar levels or let's say similar genders. And I say that because some uh, females want to be partnered with females and I'm acknowledging of that. So I'll put them with them. Some of the boys want to be around the boys. So this is more for the comfort and the um, inclusivity of the individuals, not for genders. And a lot of trainers would just put anyone with anyone who may not like particular people. So I've been partnered with people who don't like trans. I don't think that's exactly ideal for me. Um, a different environment for myself, but to have trainers just on purposely go, well, yep, you can go with him. She can go with her and just not really being mindful and aware of who is in your class and who they are as an individual is the most important thing. And yet that just seems to go um, unnoticed and and just not made aware of. And if someone was to speak to a trainer or instructor and, and, you know, put them, pull them aside and have that conversation, And again, to just laugh it off and to do things that are just not inclusive of that individual, that to me is just not a safe space. But again, as I always put it back to if someone goes, look, my my, my arm's broken. You wouldn't be at the gym if your arm's broken, but anyway, your arm's broken, you know, and they're accommodating to that. Why can't you try to accommodate for anything else? Uh, That's the worst, (laughs) the best. Don't do that. (laughs) So the best thing thing you can do as a trainer or instructor, whatever, is to just be more acknowledging. If someone, you know, for the people who do have the courage to come up to you and say something, to try acknowledge it. If you don't know, ask them, do you mind, what does this mean? How do I support you? Ask them the way you would treat a normal friend. If Mm -hmm. your friend's like, I'm having a bad day, you don't go, cool. (laughs) You acknowledge them. You ask them, is there anything I can do? Uh, What could I say? You know, you you just treat them the same way you would treat a friend, in my opinion. But those who don't, and I don't mean it like if they don't have the courage, I don't mean that in any way is a bad thing. You know, it is hard to speak up. But those who don't know how to speak to a trainer, my advice to trainers is to just always acknowledge and be inclusive. You should be, hopefully, be able to read a room. Are the partners uncomfortable? Does something look like it's a little bit uneven? Be able to read the room and the energy and suss out what's going on. Pull someone aside later on privately, obviously. Hey, is everything okay? You looked a little bit uncomfortable or obviously choose your words carefully, but acknowledge individuals in the room as a, as a coach, I'm doing my job for everyone else. I'm, I'm, I'm there for everyone else. I'm not there for myself. Do you know what I mean? The alarm light is, is later on when you're with your friends, you've got a microphone, you don't have to be the center of attention. It's about everyone that's in that environment to learn, to grow and to feel a certain way if your mindset is not on the individuals in the room I mean I hate to say it you shouldn't be in that job because we're about training and teaching others and and leading a group of people to become where you are now not about yourself I know that may sound a bit blunt but I speak clearly from a professional point of view and personal where I've been in a group and it's like why did I come here for I might as well have just stayed at home Mm. um, if that sounds a little bit (laughs) daunting
1: no, for sure. That makes a, a lot of sense. Um, I guess for me, it's more around uh, the worst things, just being, I guess, the worst gym bro culture ever. And um <laughs> And just being closeted because I never wanted to have any of those conversations with those people. So you're just kind of setting people up to fail, really, when you're not inclusive in that sense. And then the best things are, of course, um, meeting Georgia and the whole, um, I guess, intake process for the Fight Back project is a person centered individual consultation where you have the ability to share what you're comfortable in sharing and those questions are asked. But of course, they're optional. We don't want to try and force people out um or force people to disclose but if they would like to then that's a really important opportunity to do that or even just to demonstrate that you're thinking about those things and that's something that you want to take into consideration in your space um but yeah i think worst things are just making assumptions about people and then putting the onus on that person to shift that narrative that might have been created whether it's around their sexuality or gender identity or what's assumed about um about that part of them uh, within a gym space. And like you said, why, why would you want to do that? Why would you even want to be there when um, it's sort of been made obvious, I guess, that that's not something that's on the table for discussion or not something that you might be safe to disclose if you didn't feel comfortable to at the start, etc. So,
2: yeah. I mean, if you just think about the general, like if, if someone goes, the common person, when you ask them, why did you go to a gym? How does it feel to go to a gym regardless, uh, sorry, uh, martial arts, um, regardless of gender at the moment, the common person wants to go, or you, you know, from my experience is to get fit, to get healthy, to, you know, they could have had a bad day, a bad week, stress, work, relationships, whatever it is, a lot of people mostly go to a gym to try something different, to find mm-hmm. a part of themselves, to try a new sport. So the the amount of times I've heard time and time again, I I feel uncomfortable, you know, just even stepping into a gym because it can be intimidating. It can be confronting. There's different, you know, there's a range of different people that are there regardless, you know, size, gender, um, the martial arts itself could be, you know, more impactful than something else because it's more confronting intimidating. And yet our role or a trainer's role is to just have just general inclusivity of being welcoming and being supporting and accommodating to their needs as an individual. So, you're basically wanting to treat people as an individual and support them. So it's very interesting the moment someone's like, I'm gay, I'm transgender. It's like everything changes because of one term. But if they didn't say anything when they walked through the door, would they still be treated as if they were just someone, just a regular person going to a gym? It's funny how people's stigma, as you said before, the assumptions just change rapidly because of a few words, which wouldn't have made a difference five seconds ago pre they had said that
1: Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and I think that kind of stigma and discrimination just writes people out of spaces you know um and that's why the the uptake and the the reasons that we need to be explicitly inclusive as well are so important um so that we can show people that that's something that we are going to take into consideration for them and that we're going to um you know treat them with the respect that they deserve I want to
0: talk a little bit more about some of the how around that, Um, right? So I think we've had a beautiful conversation so far about why we need to be inclusive. Let's get really um, specific now about how folks can be inclusive. So I have a question here, which is um, being inclusive by words instead of actually taking accountability, what's the difference, right? Words instead of actions. And how can an ally support the community that
1: shows inclusivity? Cool. Well, it's always, active allyship is always the answer. Um, and I guess we do that through education, education, education. Um, and we can show that in our buildings, and our spaces, through stickers, through signs, through wherever possible, including um, all gender toilets. Um, mm. And we can do that through our intakes and we ask about pronouns um, and you know, all of those kind of things add up to an experience whereby people have the ability to feel seen within a space. Um, you can never really have too many rainbow flags, but we also want to make sure that that's not tokenistic, right? It might even be really great to have a trans flag as well as a um, rainbow flag or a progress pride flag or, you know, just wherever possible, um showing as much diversity within the LGBTQ plus community as possible. Um, and, you know, knowing that those differences are unique um, and it's important to call those out. Morel?
2: That's a very good question. Um, so what Penny had said before is you know, amazing, you know, with the, with the stickers and, and showing, you know, not tokenism on certain things um, and the accountability towards that is, is perfect. So you have hit the nail on the head with that. Um, I've got a very good example of, um, so the difference, the active difference of words versus actions and accountability, sorry. I know a few gyms, and it's a positive thing, but I think just a different uh, way of approach. So a few martial arts places I've been to, like, you know, Pharrell, we don't care if you're trans, we don't care who you are, you know, just, just come in, or, you know, just come down, I don't care. And it's like, that's great. Um, probably change the words a bit so I know people their their words of I don't care is more towards we don't care who you are just come train however the words itself you know apart from that could be a little bit more inclusive and a little bit more caring it's all right you may not care but it's what accountability and actions are you taking to acknowledge that you don't mind because for someone who's trans they want uh, the acknowledgement of who they are because it could be around accommodating bathrooms it could be around accommodating words and inclusivity within language so when you say i don't care you're still not taking accountability are you supporting their needs are you actually supporting who they are great that you don't mind because you know that's obviously a good thing but what are you actually saying and doing because i know a few places recently i've gone to and the parents have spoken to the trainers. You know, I have a son, I have a daughter who's trans. they are like, oh, we don't care, just bring them in. Yeah, but we're telling you, we are, we are taking accountability by actually reaching out and saying, look, this is. Could you assist our, you know, child, um, him, her, she, her, uh, him, he, she, her, for a certain reason why we're expressing this? And you're like, I don't care, I don't care, we're just, just bring them in. All right, that's great, but again, you've just disregarded what the parent had said. So already that's enough to put someone off and i and i get br- brutally honest because there's ways to be inclusive and acknowledging even just acknowledging a parent acknowledging the child or the young person or the adult or whoever it's important to just have that that understanding of you know just the choice of words we we're inclusive of everyone we want to make everyone feel included but ask that person Again, it's about the individual saying that you don't mind who walks in the gym is great, but that's like saying anyone's welcome. But by the way, we don't have a ramp if you have a wheelchair. You're just going to have to find your way up the stairs. That's basically that version. I don't know why that's cracking me up. (laughs) That's basically... It's so ridiculous.
1: Yeah, for sure. (laughs) The thing is, though, a lot of people do say things like, you know, I treat everyone with respect or I treat everyone with the same, etc., which is not actually helpful at all. Treating everyone the same is not how we get to equity and therefore equality. You know, we need to create um, nuanced approaches for people who need to be shown that they're safe in a space when they haven't been usually um and so uh basically what we're talking about i guess is just a person-centered approach it's something that is throughout all trauma-informed models of uh care and support and that extends to places like gyms it's literally a health and well-being space or it should be right and so uh, all of those things transfer over to um this conversation and how
2: we how we
1: approach um, yeah building those bridges for people
2: I was just about to say to add on to sorry to just cut that off when some trainers do find out or when I say find out you've you've spoken up I'm trans that assumption again of who do I put you with so just because someone's trans it doesn't mean oh well I'll just go put them with the girls just go put them with the boys. I'll just go put them over there. It, that's just that's just now discriminating. So when someone opens up about who they are, you're just, cool. Is, is there anyone you do or don't want to partner with? Do you want to hit the bag instead? Do you want to take your time? Do you want to sit and watch a class? What can I do to assist or help? What do you feel comfortable is as a person? Not just assume if they're male to female, oh, just put them with the women. Oh, they're male to female, so you're born a man. Good, you can go with the men. That's just brutally discouraging someone's individual's um, humanity in life. And that, again, is going to dive into the mental health sector. So people like that um, probably shouldn't be in their jobs. But but in terms of some people who generally don't understand because they are common things that people aren't aware of, that in itself, just assuming because they're one gender or were born one gender, they're just going to go and and fit in with, with everyone else without understanding what they're comfortable with.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And also for non-binary folks as well who might have a relationship with womanhood, for example, but not identify as a woman, Um, Mm. you know, where are they most comfortable? What does that look like? Maybe they want to try one space and then perhaps another and that's all fine. There's no right or wrong as long as the Mm. people that they're working with are respectful and inclusive. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is such
0: an important thing to think about, right, because mixed gender martial arts has such an important space for, I think, where we're moving towards as a society. And what I mean by that is that we have the opportunity in martial arts where men and women and people of all genders trained together and the hierarchy that we typically see, which has been built in our society around, you know, the patriarchy, so men over women, gets dissolved oftentimes, right? There are female black belts. Um, I really hope there are non-binary black belts. Um, there are there are probably trans black belts. I don't know of any, but if anyone does know of any, I would love to interview them for the show. Um, and basically what I'm saying is that that opportunity to train all together really helps people to have lived experiences that contradict this power over or this patriarchal structure, right? They have lived experiences of being in places where the women are the most technically proficient or, you know, any kind of variation on that type of thing that might be different to what you would assume as being, you know, men are strong, women are weak, mm. you know, men are strong, trans people are weak, whatever that might be. So it's really important that we, we do try and persist in mm. these spaces, right, and and help people shift their narratives, their lived narratives and their, their mental narratives. Um, and so also I say to, like, everyone who's trying to do the work in that space, like, thank you. Like, that's really, really amazing. Um, and Penny and I were speaking about how we can't always guarantee safe spaces, right? Um, And mistakes are probably going to be made. And I love the way that you explain this. So can you expand a little bit upon this as well too?
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, I love a deep dive. I was just thinking a lot about what we say to people when we promise them safe spaces and how uh, that sometimes sets people up to fail, right? Because we can't necessarily always guarantee safety. But what we can guarantee, which is, I think, the basis of trauma-informed approaches and recovery is the possibility of rupture, but then repair and support through that. Um, And that is one of the most difficult people, uh, sorry, difficult things for people, especially who have experienced trauma or traumatic events to move through um, rupture and repair in a a consistent way um, because that's very hard for people who have... um, you know, been through, I guess, repeated traumatic events over time as well, or whatever the case may be. Um, But we, I think, need to uh, identify that, especially within a martial arts space, it does replicate a lot of those power over dynamics, those power structures in society that we see. And so, you know, people might experience flashbacks, they might get triggered and whatnot, but we can come up with a way to support them and move through that at a pace that they're comfortable, as opposed to saying well you just can't do that now maybe you can't do that right now but maybe we can explore ways that might um, assist you to be able to move through that kind of freezing sensation in your body Um, yeah again it's all I guess up to the individual but um, yeah I just think we need to be curious and careful about how we um, decide what is and isn't a safe space and and how we also communicate that with people.
0: And you mentioned being trauma-informed. How does being trauma-informed fit into inclusion for trans and gender-diverse people?
1: Oh, well, it operates from the same basis, I guess, which is a person-centred approach. So, again, taking that time to get to know the individual and how that might work for them within a group setting, um, having a understanding of uh, people's individual um, triggers, if that's... a Uh, the case for the person um and knowing I guess within the fight back project context at least that if you need a slower session or if you need to only do certain movements or if you want to come to class uh, and never hit pads that's all okay um because you know the program is not about um being super technically proficient or, you know, any one particular outcome. It's not necessarily outcomes-driven. It's just about how you feel in your body. Um, And, of course, uh, that doesn't mean that people who have been through trauma can't be excellent martial artists because a lot of them are. Um, But it does mean that, you know, from the context of the conversation that we're having today which is you know community human rights access um that we're also recognizing that lgbtq people are overrepresented in terms of of trauma um whether that's uh you know being overrepresented through domestic family violence and sexual assault statistics or um you know traumatic experiences with systems and organizations and healthcare settings and gyms um you know we need to be able to recognize that and to embed that in the way that we Uh, Include people in our spaces. And I'll just add on one thing, sorry. We talk a lot about inclusion and active inclusion. Really, what we want to get to is belonging and acknowledging deeply that trans people have always belonged and they belong now and they've always existed and they exist now. And we want to, you know, really, I think, drive that in our community. We want to to drive belonging, not just inclusion.
0: Thank you. Um, So, my next question is. What language and framing is useful around addressing transphobia? For example, if a gym member is casually repeating TERF talking points, uh, how can coaches approach it constructively and minimize defensiveness? And can you please also explain what TERF means?
1: I'm going to answer that and then Pharrell, oh. you're up. Um, it means a trans exclusionary radical feminist. So um, it's a group of feminists who don't include trans women. Um, and as intersectional feminists, we deeply um, decry that viewpoint and we include all women within our feminism um, and people of all genders. Um, and as far as addressing that in the gym, I'm going to hand that over to Pharrell
2: try to be polite um it's definitely a conversation that the trainer look i I speak on behalf of uh depends on uh, i usually call it the hierarchy of the gym it's it's generally up to the highest person to to set the example so let's say manager supervisor trainer instructor whoever to actually pull those individuals aside let's see if i can break this down into a probably an easier way it's up to the individual who owns the gym martial arts to have that moral and value. And I don't mean it as, and you have to have morals and values, but if you're supporting and inclusive, you won't allow these things to occur. And if they do, you will set the example by pulling the individual aside and having that conversation. This is what my place stands for. This is what this gym stands for. Um, obviously different choice of words, depending on what kind of person you are. If you're very blunt and down the line or want to soften it up a bit, by saying, you know, I stand for the inclusivity, we don't tolerate this this language or whatever that's occurred, depending on obviously the severity of what the person individual is doing. And the reason I say the, the, the top or the person who owns or runs that center is because if I'm the trainer and I stand for it and I'm pulling the individual aside, not only that individual who may not like what I'm saying will go to the top. If my manager or boss or the owner doesn't tolerate what I'm saying, well then obviously I don't fit in either. So it's one of those things where it's like parents setting an example. You can't have the one parent saying, we stand for inclusivity, and the other one going, no, we don't. It's like, well, where does the child go and what does that person do? So it's a bit of a double-edged sword in terms of that. But the overall um, solution, in my opinion, is to tell that individual privately that this is not tolerable here. We're not going to tolerate that language. It's It's not acceptable. I always like to give examples so that person can sort of have a different point of view. So then they may think a bit differently, or they may look at that topic a little bit differently. If not, I would personally not want them in my gym because not only that person's view will start to interrupt the class itself, you're drawing on negative energy. You're allowing one person to affect the whole room. That person who's being targeted won't probably want to come back could lead to self-harming suicide or, you know, who knows where they go and you're allowing your environment of martial arts, which is all about inclusivity within the sport to just really not take the the values that it was meant to have in the first place. I hope that made sense.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think it's also just making it Uh, normalized from the start right like having your values your code of conduct really explicit from the beginning because I think you know a lot of people if they walked into our future space and there's you know flags everywhere and it's really explicitly inclusive and that wasn't their jam then they probably wouldn't come but it's also still important to have that conversation um, as well and uh, to take it back i think to yeah those values that code of conduct rather than your personal viewpoints um and always take the conversation off the floor of the gym and don't leave it up to the trans or gender diverse yeah. person to do that heavy lifting either because you know um we know that uh yeah our trans and gender diverse community members already have to do that so much uh right in their day-to-day um and so the best thing we can do um as allies is to take that burden off them to not have to be the initiator of those conversations um it's really really powerful and it shows them that we have their back and you know i think that that feeds into active allyship as well
2: exactly
0: So I have a follow-on question from that, which is how can we work with instructors that refuse to include trans women in women's-only classes?
2: Um, I was going to say get rid of them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's so awful, isn't it? And I, I, it's education <laughs> education education again isn't it because there's just absolutely no reason from a human rights perspective that we can't include anyone in any space um the only way that that would be possible is if we have a heteronormative um heterosexist world that tells us that trans people uh, and gender diverse people are other and then that becomes a remote Remotely acceptable kind of viewpoint. Yeah. Anyway, I, so I won't start ranting. <laughs>
2: <laughs> We're gonna have a rant debate. You know, we had this conversation. It's <laughs> it is a challenging area because it's no different than um. I'll, I'll I'll give an example. I hope this example helps. I'll try to keep it for short and sweet. When I had my um my home gym, I had a uh, a lad who was here, and um he used to hit on all of the women, including my clients and my family members (laughs) and anyway when I found out I thought well what am I going to do about this um so I pulled him aside and I had a conversation look you know you know what I stand for I don't condone this you know do it outside in your own time with with anyone else but not that I condone that either but don't do it here I'm running a gym it's professional and also you know my mother raised me to have the, the the respect towards women don't bring your outside lifestyle here because it's making people uncomfortable still continue to do it so then I just said look I don't think this is the best place for you because it's it's not what I stand for not only that I got told off later on that I wasn't a good business person because that that gentleman was bringing me money you know obviously renting the space out for myself to allow someone of that nature to be in my space I was disrespecting my family I was disrespecting my clients how were they going to feel safe in my area If I'm allowing one person to take that away from them. So they're looking at me thinking, well, what does for really, really, you know, does Pharrell really stand for that inclusivity with with females in the gym, the safe space? A lot of these people did come from trauma backgrounds. So for me, I did put them first. I did lose a bit of money, but I know this is going to sound silly. But at the end of the day, the values and morals to me were much far, uh, far more important than one human being destroying all the confidence that all these women had coming into this space because it allowed them to feel better about themselves inclusive and taken away from everything they had gone through. They were just reliving it again. Who am I to allow that? And I had the power to say, look, you've got a choice. I'm going to give you that chance and give you the benefit of the doubt. And he didn't. So I did have the conversation to be honest, but I'm the kind of person where I rather lose an individual um, from the working environment to make sure everyone else is safe, but that's me. Everyone has a different approach. There's no right or wrong. But to allow someone's um, mannerisms in a, in a working environment that's going to create more toxic toxicity, I just don't think that's acceptable. Again, that's my opinion. And I know within the martial arts space, it's a very complex area because we are running a business. But again, there are ways, as Penny said, you know, there's education. It may be a different approach. Can we get someone else to within the workplace to speak to them, maybe in a different way that allows them to go, okay, I understand? You always have it's always polite to give those chances, give them bit of benefit of the doubt. But when it comes to one individual versus 50 individuals who are there for a certain reason for their comfort, for their maybe to get away from something in life that they're trying to find to build their life, we're not talking about here we're having a good time. Individuals that walk into your space are there to change their lives. Who are we to disrupt it because of our view just could be a little bit different. I don't agree with half my friends. It's probably why I don't have any friends. <laughs> but for myself, the, my health and wellness mentally and emotionally physically comes first. I always want to be in a space where I'm going to grow. There's no point in life going to a place where you're going to go two steps back because of someone else who may not know how to accommodate or does not want to accommodate for you. How do we grow as human beings, and how do we even provide a safe space for inclusivity in society when no one else wants to even try and make that that effort because business comes first? Again, I understand business, but at the same time, it's like, what do you stand for? What does your gym stand for in this space?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's just um I think it's just the, also the uh, Ability and the know how to be able to sit with discomfort and uncomfortable conversations, right? Um, And also to give people the opportunity to do better. Um, without harming other people Um, and that can be a tricky line to walk as well you know like you said a lot of people do come to these spaces with a whole range of life experiences and their own traumas Um, and sometimes that can include behavior that might be problematic Um, are they open and willing to grow and learn and to make amends for that and can we move through that as a community Um, or if not then you know we need to protect our folks who have come to us for the sole purpose of you know having a a space where um you know it's trauma-informed and you know they are going to feel that sense of community and belonging and we don't want that to be fractured because of one individual for sure
0: yeah i think um It's important to think about martial arts spaces too, often being in smaller towns. Like we're very lucky in somewhere like Melbourne, for example, where there are like, I'm not sure how many martial arts gyms. It seems like very, very many. And so you have the ability to take your money with you, right? If you feel like the instructors are not inclusive, the gym is not inclusive, where you can say, well, I'm just going to leave and go to another gym. Um, And that's not always an option for folks who live in small towns, right? There's one gym. And I think that the, the pushback that comes from instructors who say, okay, we can't have trans women in women's only spaces is there's an assumption that the participants aren't going to feel safe and comfortable with it. And that's the first problem, right, is making an assumption without speaking to your clients. Um, you can have that conversation, just like Penny said, that might feel a little bit difficult and uncomfortable at first. And just sitting everyone down and saying like, there's a trans woman who would like to join or hypothetically if we had a trans woman join would you feel uncomfortable i think you'd be surprised at how comfortable most people would be um most women would be to welcome trans women into that space um and if you did have one or two women who were like i'm not sure how comfortable i would feel then that's a great opportunity to have a conversation and say "Well, what part of that makes you feel uncomfortable right and and it might be something really you know simple like the change rooms and then it's like you know what actually maybe we need to move away from having these gendered change rooms and just have changing spaces if that's possible within the gym to make a change um, or just having a conversation with someone and saying like okay maybe you don't feel comfortable to partner with the trans woman um that's okay maybe at the start we could have you partner with someone else or we can have this person who's going to come into our space partner with someone who is very welcoming and inclusive and we can start to work together like at the end of the day we can't also just force progress onto people. It's something that has to be slow um, a lot of the time. But I think having conversations and being willing to have that conversation is the starting point. And for me as a gym owner and runner, that's like someone who runs a gym, that That is at the forefront of the way that I run my business. And when people do push back and say, if you're running a trauma-informed program for women, how can you allow trans women into that space? That's where I'll say, well, I have conversations with my clients because I really believe that we work together. And I don't have any empty words at all when I say this is person-centered. Every class looks different right I get so much input from my participants and I think that's the way that we should run and so our next question right is around um what advice do you have for parents or guardians who aren't understanding of non-binary and trans within facilities or how do you manage staff or parents who aren't accepting and inclusive and I think it really kind of follows a similar line of um you know conversations would anyone have anything to add
1: I suppose it's, um, you know, everything that we've just mentioned before and, and what Pharrell said as well, like having those hard conversations, drawing back to values and whatnot as well. I really feel as if there is just no reason for anyone to have concerns or not be accepting of trans and gender diverse folks that aren't based on fear or stereotypes or um just negative media representation Um, and sometimes a lot of that fear is uh, literally just from external sources and they've never actually spent any time with transgender diverse people as well Um, you know people are really hard to hate up close right Um, but of course we want to make sure that we are doing that work with people before anyone within our transgender diverse community um, could be hurt Um, so like you said, uh, having, um, if you've got a group of cis women and you're wanting to, to bring a trans woman into that space, um, you know, having those conversations to set them up for success as much as possible, um, and not, I guess, making assumptions again about What people are going to bring into those spaces because, um, you know, even though people might have some universal experiences and they might have a universal love of martial arts, everybody has their own backgrounds, belief systems, values, and they may, um, it might be a really good education opportunity, like you said, to, um, you know, speak through that stuff and just say, you know... um, This is how we operate here. Um, Can we move through this conversation with you? What does that look like? You know, we're not going to bring somebody into that space until we know that um, there's a commitment to that uh, respect for the individual. We are getting very close to being
0: out of time. I know (laughs) there are so many questions that we haven't touched on, and I sincerely apologize um, if you're waiting for an answer to your question today. It will come soon. Um, And if anyone has any ideas for any specific types of content that you would like us to produce, um, whether that's like a video series question by question or whether we do another follow-up podcast to answer all the other questions, yeah, you can like call us out on social media if you want to, you know, put up a story and tag us and say, this is what you want. Or if you want to email me directly, if you feel more comfortable with that, there's so many ways you can contact me. Um, Please do so. I think it would be wonderful to end this on something actionable. Um, So I know (laughs) listeners of this podcast are either martial arts coaches or people who practice martial arts. So Could we have maybe one or two actionable things for coaches and for um, martial arts practitioners that they can do this week um, that's going to move their gym towards being more inclusive for trans and gender diverse people?
1: I think that pronouns are always a really great place to start, um, just as like a really great initial respectful speaking point. And it's literally as simple as just saying, hi, my name's Penny, I use she and they pronouns, how would you like me to refer to you? And if somebody asks you why you're asking that, it can just literally be, um, I'm asking you because I want to make sure that you're comfortable in this space, um, you know, so just knowing why you're asking as well is important. Um and, yeah, I think that that's a really good um, initial step that anyone can do without. And it, it's free, you know. We love free stuff.
2: <laughs> um,
0: and so, so to get super clear on that, if you were the coach, you would start out by that at the start of your class. Um, and if you were a practitioner, would it be like as you're paired up with someone, you would um, introduce yourself? And if you're, you know, changing partners every time you changed partners?
1: Yeah. Or, I mean, there's a range of ways that I guess you could do it. Um even if it's, uh, I guess those initial conversations of introducing people in a group as well depends on mm. the context. But I don't really see um, it ever being inappropriate to do that, you know. Um, or if you're not sure, don't assume and check in when you can. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so perhaps everyone can pause for one moment
0: and just picture the next opportunity that you're going to have to do that. So maybe it's you're going to go to Monday night class at five thirty p.m. It's going to be a class for Brazilian jiu-jitsu and you can sort of imagine yourself walking into that space and having that conversation i honestly find that like visualizing things before you do it makes it so much easier when you get to that point if that feels like something that's scary and you're like well i don't know how that's going to go over in my gym and i don't want to be seen as like other right nobody wants to be seen as other that's why we're doing this work um <laughs> ironically enough so um yeah have a little bit of a think have an imagine and then when you go to do it it'll be a little bit easier
1: 100%. And also, once we just make it normal, it becomes normal and it's not another mm. thing and it really helps our trans and gender diverse folks as well. So, yay. Um, Pharrell, do you have one other actionable item?
2: I was going to say, I mean, the same as Penny, but maybe just a different example of um, just from my experience when someone new, you know, if you're the trainer, usually people come up to you first to go, I'm, you know, I'm such and such, I'm new. I generally just, you know, apart from my bad jokes, I do nowhere. know where. I generally go, you know, I'm Pharrell, you know, do you have pronouns or anything you want me to do or accommodate? Usually I say accommodate and support because um, if you don't want to bring up pronouns, you know, what can I do to accommodate and support? Generally, some people may go, yes, I've got pronouns. I've, you know, can you identify me as X, Y, and Z? Um, when I take a class, apart from my introduction of another bad joke, I generally say, hey, you know, everyone, you know, if anyone has pronouns or anything that you want me to say or do any differently, please come up to me, let me know. And or if after class, if I have said or miss said anything, please let me know. Because it is challenging. I mean, I'm being honest, you know, sometimes you can have anywhere from 20 to 30 people, 40 in a class, can be challenging to remember names. I actually make up people's names as a (laughs) just by, because I I just forget and I'll make up a new name, um, which I will be always recorrected after. Um, Or some people like the new name I've given them. But jokes aside, because I, I always try to have fun in my classes and I try to keep it that way, lighthearted. But I do want a lot of people to, you know, if that's your, depending on the type of personality you have in the class, just, you know, if you do want to make it known, if anyone has a pronoun or anything that they would like to to let me know before or after, please come speak to me. Because it just allows the acknowledgement as a group, as opposed to individually, if that's something you don't want to individually do, because if you approach it to the class, someone may go, geez, I, I may want my pronouns to be used. And, or again, people in the class may go, as you partner up with someone different, I'm Pharrell, he, him, or, call me Pete. do you know what I mean or whatever it is the same way you would with your friends you know I'm Jonathan just call me Jay just call me Jono do you know what I mean so it's just making it a, 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 as Penny said normal without having to sort of make it so complex but as a, as a trainer I generally just stay up and up front in the class anyway so everyone's aware
1: It's all also, I think, important to acknowledge that we make mistakes because we're used to living in really binary worlds. And, you know, making a mistake is as simple as just, like, apologizing, correcting yourself and moving on. Um, Don't, like, dwell on it. Don't make the person feel bad or, like, it's their job to make you feel better about your mistake. (laughs) You know, uh, we're all human and we're all trying to do our best. And, um, you know, I think people do appreciate um, that that's the case because, um, yeah, again, we're all used to those that really binary language as well like no one's immune Mm -hmm. to that um so yeah apologize move on
0: uh if people would like to ask either of you any questions following up or connect with you online can you please call out your social media
1: platforms sure you can find me on instagram as voice of small change small change referring to penny Um, and that's probably the easiest way to contact me i also can email me at penny at fightbackproject.com
2: my turn. I always feel weird because I'm always looking at Penny and I don't know if it's if it's my <laughs> turn to talk. <laughs> no. Yes, your turn. <laughs> um so my one is just Pharrell underscore Shamar. Um yeah, it's it's pretty simple. You can find it, or I'm on Georgia and Penny's <laughs> Instagram, so just find me on theirs if you're on theirs. Yay.
0: <laughs> yes, definitely. Um thank you so much to everyone who has attended live. Uh, We didn't have very much back and forth in terms of it being a live podcast. We had so many questions to get through, and I think we've only really touched on half. Um, So again, I sincerely apologize if we didn't answer your question today. Those answers are coming uh, we are doing our best to get, get that out as quickly as we sort of can. It's a very busy time of year, but I really, really mm. appreciate everybody's openness around this conversation, the questions that came through. Um, and, uh, you know, this week is Trans Awareness Week, so there will be many more events on as well around how you can better support trans and gender diverse people in your communities, whether or not those are specific to martial arts or not. Um probably a different conversation but there's there's a lot there'll be a big conversation going this week so it's a good opportunity to have that conversation within your gym space um, or otherwise
1: Absolutely. And I'll just quickly call out as well, um, QLife for a really great LGBTQ plus support service and they're open 3pm till midnight Australian Eastern Daylight Time, I believe. Um, Also Rainbow Door in Victoria um, and uh, Transcend for anyone who might have uh, trans and gender diverse children as well, need only family support, Um, Queer Combat Collective as well on Instagram doing some great work and um, we'll be having a lot of um, mobilization on social media this week for sure um and pride and sport as well but thanks everyone
0: thanks so much everyone and if you want to like jump on your mic to say goodbye you can do that as well too
3: thanks everyone thank Thank you
1: bye
0: have you thought of something to be grateful for today what was it i'm grateful for the amazing women that train with me at the fight back project I'm grateful for Nari and the beautiful song Shape Me heard at the beginning and end of every episode. And I'm grateful for you for listening to this show and helping martial arts keep saving lives. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. If you'd like to leave me a review to help more people find the show, that's a bonus.
3: shapes me but me don't gotta tell you what my name is i don't gotta explain it walk in the room hear a boom erupting like i'm famous i'm here shedding shells i'm shameless i in nothing no complacence Walked to many tight ropes with no hope so I became this Poster they hold over all the heads of trauma holders You don't need to know my history, I move boulders Atlas shrugged cause I lifted the weight above his shoulders No pretense of defense, move first like chess soldiers This goes deeper than empowerment cause huh, I'm the one that power it physical meets mental challenge me to keep devouring if i can't change the scenery at least i change perspectives. no longer isolated but elevated and selective darkest places become beautiful spaces this is where rage meets patience meets power meets gracious meets. We're so glad you came and the feeling is contagious. When you the walking impact of intended bad intentions. When you the manifest enough collecting all they tensions. You the soul and body hold it all and still remember. But I'm a work in progress testament to all contenders. Forgot what it was like to have control over self. Forgot what it was like to be the one in charge. Forgot in my reflection I could see all my wealth. Forgot that with my bare hands I break all these bars. Barriers and obstacles. They can't cage me. They can't Chronicle all my experiences and reduce them to appearances. When I was truly beaten, gave myself clearances to fall down, mess up, and get myself back up. I'm not looking for clovers cause I don't believe in luck. Damn, you were bad I heard them say it clearly. Why thank you very much, I know now I'm not weary of what's next for me. Cause I expect to see growth like I was planted, watered, fed, and bloomed to be. The positivity and accountability, knowing they won't step if I'm the agent of my agency i think i found my voice again huh i think i found my voice again huh I'm not sorry, I'm not sorry, you're the end where I begin, boundaries, I know them well, take a breath and meditate, who is she, I know her well, now I get to open gates, one two, one two, I don't need your permission, and if you get uncomfortable, then use your intuition, to know that I won't stay where respect is ever missing, and everything I do, that's me, making decisions, it's truly underrated, the value of self-worth, forgot that I was rich from the moment of my birth, a penny for my thoughts, no really, you can't afford it, you cannot buy my story. Rewrite it, hold record it. You cannot buy my story. Rewrite it, hold record it, huh?